Guys, the Chargers unleashed. Sebastian Joseph, they know the vibes. We outside. You're listening to the Chargers Unleashed podcast with your host, Dan Wolkenstein and Jake Hefner. Welcome to a special edition of Chargers Unleashed. Jake Hefner and Dan Wolkenstein here with you from the LA LA Football Network. We are coming to you live from Finest City Entertainment in downtown San Diego. Dan, I don't know what 838 universe we're sitting in right now. Uh, DeLorean's packed Something happened. I don't know what's going on. (laughs) But back by popular demand, Dan and I are so excited to be doing this show. Not only from the standpoint of the fact that we have literally seven days until the Chargers regular season kicks off against the Las Vegas Raiders. But back by popular demand, this is fan demanded. This is why we're doing this. The crossover, if you guys tuned into the first one, it was ginormous, gigantic, whatever euphemism you want to call for large, it was there. But we're bringing the Jedi Council back. We're uh, assembling the Avengers once again. We're bringing everybody back for the crossover because this is the time. This is the time to do it. So we got Kevin Duggan, Tyler Shue, and the director. All the boys are here. Almost in the... the uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was going to say the Partridge family, but that's not what it is. Brady Bunch yeah, the Brady oh, Bunch whoa. looking. <laughs> but we're here. We're live. This is, what we're, this is what it's about. Chargers hype is real, and it's so good to have the guys here to join the show. But Dan Wolkenstein, sir, how are you doing? I am doing great. Welcome to Chargers Unleashed. Got a great, great segment for you guys today. We're going to be talking with Kevin from the Charger Chat Podcast. We're talking to Tyler from Guilty as Charged. Talking to the director himself, Dan Wade from Locked On Chargers, and Chris Harry from Chargers Weekly. Tons of stuff to go over. We're going to have giveaways throughout the show, so be sure to comment and subscribe on YouTube so we can make sure to get that out to you. We'll announce the giveaways afterwards. Content. We're going to be discussing keys to the season. We're going to be talking about position groups specifically. We're going to be talking about potential MVPs for this team, as well as some bold predictions. We may actually be doing some cold beer hot takes, which I got to do. Got to do cold beer gotta hot takes. Got to stay hydrated. Yes. Got to stay hydrated. Yes. But before we go further, Jake, over or under? Oh, here we go. Awkward pauses. I think Tyler Shoon put it in the chat. Over or under? Awkward pauses. We have this show. Four and a half. I think you should have just said how many screw-ups from Jake Hefner within the first month, minute and a half of the show. <laughs> if you had if you had two and you picked the over, you would have won. So congratulations. Uh, let's see. Awkward pauses. What was the line? Four and a half. Four and a half. Uh, yeah, yeah, let's probably go the over. Let's get, <laughs> Screw it. Let's go the over on that. Okay, yeah, all for right, sure. So tell them about our friends over at BUSR. Got to talk about BUSR. It is one of the largest and biggest sports and betting uh, sites that's out there right now. Make sure you guys check it out. Use the promo code UNLEASH. If you go over to BUSR right now, if you are a new customer, they will match initial deposits from $100 to $1,000. And they just have a plethora of things to bet on. So obviously, with the college football season kicking off yesterday, obviously the NFL season right around the corner, go to BUSR right now. Tell them that the Charters Unleashed sent you. And go make yourself some money this coming week. It's literally free money. How could you not want to get free money, especially with how expensive gas and everything is? You can make a ton of money. Look, Chargers versus the Raiders, literally one week away. We've been waiting for this all offseason. And it's kind of interesting, Jake, because I feel like we've talked about this for a long time, about like the hype yep. and on paper and the talent. And I'm sick of hearing that. It's kind of, we're ready for actual football that matters. And I think just a lot of Chargers fans are beyond excited 
But I think the part that is interesting is every year it feels like Chargers fans have that feeling of like, oh, this is our year. This is it. This is different than every other year. And then previously, every year has kind of turned into like, <sighs> kind of go on excuses. The Game of Thrones. Yes, exactly. Yes. So I guess like high level, like why do you think, honestly, obviously we got like crazy talent on the team, but like why does this year feel different? Not just for us, obviously covering the team, but for everyone, whether it's pundits, whether it's fans, everywhere. Well, I mean, it's, I think when you look at it, there are certain things from an organizational standpoint that has really changed over the last two years of this team, obviously starting with Brandon Staley and the influence that he has obviously had on Tom Telesco when you're looking at what they have done from a free agency standpoint, where they have gone out and gotten some of these big names. But again, in recent memory, the Chargers have never had in a single offseason this much cap room to deal with. So to, for them to go out and get some of the big name guys that they've had to essentially just transform their team on both sides of the ball over a two season period, this shows you the goal of Brandon Staley. This also shows you the goal of Tom Telesco in building a winning team. And this is how it has to be done and in a short-term period. I mean, this is one of the, this is very impressive for this team to have a turnaround that quickly. I don't think it's understood how rare it is for let alone a roster, but an organization as a whole to go through this much turnover in what, a two year span? I mean, two years ago, we were wondering who our coach was going to be and who our quarterback was going to be. It was like, we had no clue. We had, I think it was, Tyrod Taylor was a starting quarterback three years ago. And then now look where we are, where we have Keenan Allen, obviously, Joy Bosa, Derwin James, the likes of the folks already on the team. Then you add JC Jackson, you add Brandon Staley, you add Khalil Mack, you add Kyle Van Noy, you add Brett Callahan, you add all of these pieces to a team that before you thought, man, this team has such a good roster. They're so top heavy. If they can all stay good, good but now top to bottom i mean we saw camp battles for like wide receiver six and cb six seven and running back four five previously that would be like wide receiver four five that'd be cb three four like those are big improvements so top to bottom i think fans folks covering the team not even here just here but nationally folks are pumped and for good reason like i think everyone recognizes that the organization the staley's the telesco's Span. I was like, they're all in, not only with the roster, with the draft, and with her paychecks. Like, think about the money that has been set, spent this year. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. Like, the amount of money just flying around from LA is bonkers. Yeah, but, you know, the Chargers don't pay anybody. So, no, only no. the highest. Rate. They're cheap. Yeah. They got, what, the highest paid safety, center, wide receiver, and just, I guess that's over with. Right. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, Jake, things that we're looking forward to before we bring in our first guest. Uh, things we're looking forward to this season. Obviously, we're looking forward to week one. We're going to talk about that here in a bit. Overall, like what's getting you jazzed for this season? Like, other than pre like previously, you know, we don't, we, they're the same thing. But like this year specifically, like what excites you the most? You know, one of the, one of the takeaways that I heard in the offseason from Brandon Staley was, I think it was when he was on the Drew Tranquil podcast, and he was talking about Drew actually asked him a great question. He's like, you know, did you ever go to players and talk about things that, you know, you may have done differently after certain things or heard Staley go to Coach Lombardi and say, oh, you know, we could go back and we could utilize this guy differently here and there. And that's what I'm actually looking forward to because now you have Justin Herbert in the same offensive system for the second straight year going all the way back to his high school days. You have Brandon Staley, Joe Lombardi basically saying, okay, after that first year, we have these offensive weapons 
And you can already tell just from what we saw in training camp on how they're going to utilize him a little bit differently. I think if they, if they could go back and talk to themselves then, they probably would have said, yeah, we probably would have done that differently. And then from a defensive standpoint, having Ronaldo Hill in there and the rest of the defensive coaches, along with this amount of pieces that you have brought in, the focal point, obviously, from what was really a downer for you last year was obviously third down defense and other aspects of it. But look at the investment that they have made in from that defensive standpoint. So you have to get hyped for that. Yeah, it's it's pretty remarkable just thinking overall what this roster looks like. And you know, it all starts with the quarterback. Obviously you get the quarterback on a rookie deal, you go all in, push all your chips in and they've done that. But I think just seeing how maniacally focused it seems that Brandon Staley has been since coming onto the team. And Looking back, I guess the, the part that I wanted to kind of ask folks watching or you or I'll, I'll talk to our guests as well, but like, did the Chargers do enough? Like, do we think that they did enough as a team, as an organization, roster, mini camp, training camp, preseason? Did they do enough to go for Super Bowl this year? The right tackle purists are about to bite your head off right now. Which is okay. Which is okay. Again, <laughs> we'll, we'll see what happens with Trey Pickens. He's become the week one starter. But in your opinion, do they have enough to win a Super Bowl this year? It, it's hard to tell when you haven't actually seen this this team basically play as a complete unit yet. I, like Dan and I have been saying, on paper is a great term, but we're sick of hearing it. As Austin Eckler has said it best, paper does not play on Sundays, and you can't go into this season thinking about thinking of it like that. So it's really hard to engage that type of a statement when we haven't seen this team play together. So it looks good. The hype is there. The, the coaching that you hope is going to develop in its second year has been there. The free agent acquisitions have been made. The draft selections have been picked. So you hope that you have at least a nucleus that could take you, to, could take you like, give you a playoff berth at least, please. Let's, let's all agree that we could say that we just want them to make the playoffs at this point of the year. And then just get there, and then we'll take the, the Super Bowl. Yeah, but I'll make it easier then. Did they exceed your expectations this offseason? 100%. Um, I was very critical of Tom Telesco back in January, February. That's uh, yeah, so that's 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 being nice. Um, I basically said, for from his standpoint, that with the cap room that he had and with the draft selections that he had to make, you know, you have to get. I mean, everybody can't hit on everything, but you have to get pretty close to hitting a home run on some of these things. And for the investment that he and Brandon Staley made, the aggressiveness that they showed in free agency, and obviously with what they selected in the draft. Um, you know, it, it, all those moves were there in terms of showing their investment to their quarterback, their defense, their running game. It looks good right now. I mean, I agree. I, I think I had high hopes. I think we've all been a Brandon Staley fan for a while now and seeing him kind of take this offseason the second the week 18 loss occurred, went to work, drinking coffee 5 a.m. every day, right. going to tennis lessons. I mean, the guy's an absolute monster. But to see this entire team kind of just go all out, I agree with you. It exceeded my expectations. Nobody thought that they were going to get Khalil Mack. Literally nobody. I remember calling you when that happened, and the look on your the, the what I felt was look on your face, but the sound of your voice. <laughs> you felt the, on the felt the you, feeling of me through the there's phone. There's this pause of like, yeah. wait, what? What? And there's like this processing, and that's probably how all Chargers fans felt. Khalil Mack, Joey Bosa on the same defensive line with a Sebastian Joseph Day, Austin Johnson. You got Derwin James, J.C. Jackson in the backfield, along with Asante Samuel Jr. and Mike Davis and Bryce Callahan. You've got Kyle Van Noy. Now, and I'm just talking defense. You've got Gerald Everett. You've got Isaiah Spiller. Zion Johnson now as, as a guard. Like, so much has happened in one offseason. It's, it's pretty mind-blowing. 
Um, before we get to our first guest, which is going to be, ready for it, Kevin yes. from the Charger Chat podcast, uh, we do got to talk about Five North Bolt. They are one of the sponsors for the show. They are doing an amazing giveaway. We're actually going to give away two VIP tickets from Five North Bolt. Essentially what that is, is going to be a round trip ticket to from SoFi. You get drinks, you get food, and obviously chauffeured there and back. Uh, incredible experience. The guys there are so fun. Winner of this is going to be announced right after the show. We're going to be putting it on Twitter here in a bit. But essentially all you got to do is subscribe to us and comment in the chat on here. And then we will get a winner sent out to you. Again, probably five different giveaways we're going to be doing today. But that's the first one. Five North Bolt. Make sure you check them out. They do a ton of great stuff. You can see it on the screen now. Um, so much fun. I've heard from a few people that have actually done it. And it is a tremendous experience. So giving away two, again, two VIP tickets to that on the house from Chargers Unleashed and Five North Bolt. That's the way to experience a Chargers game. If you have to travel a far distance, this is the way to do it. So, without further ado, let's get this mega crossover episode two on the way. First guest coming in live is going to be Kevin Duggan from Charger Chat Podcast. Kevin, welcome to Chargers Unleashed. There he is. The live in What's color. What's Fresh happening, Justin Herbert jersey in the background. How are you doing? Freshly uh, dry cleaned. I'm ready for the season. I'm doing good. It's family trust respect week. And uh, I could not be more excited for what's about to happen for all of us. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So obviously, with the number 10 being in the background, let's talk about the guy who really doesn't need more hype than he already has already. Let's talk about Justin Herbert. Kevin, just as far as what you've taken away from the offseason moves, the acquisitions, and obviously what we've seen from him from training camp, expectations going into just for Justin Herbert this season, what do you see? I think it's I think you have to look at the fact that he got better every single year. We're coming into our third year. He's got more pieces around him. He's got I think an upgrade at tight end with Everett. There's there's the offensive line's looking better. I don't see any reason why there's going to be any sidestep or backward step for Justin. If anything, like everyone always says, he's in the system. He's been in this is the first time he's been in the same system for more than a year, which is absolutely insane if you think about it. So what does that look like? How good is he going to be at commanding this offense? Not just running the scripted plays and going, you know, going through that, but making the checks, doing the stuff that we all loved watching Phil Rivers do is basically just toying with defenses and, and keeping them off guard. So the excitement level for for Mr. Herbert is is palpable. It's exciting. Everyone we talk to is just it's next level excitement for what he's able to do. And every every single day, somebody will post that that throw uh, against the the Giants. And I, I see it every morning. Like usually, I wake up to it, and I'm like, oh, it's going to be a good day today. <laughs> this is feeling nice. So, you know, keep po everyone keep posting those because that, that energy, keep bringing that energy. You, you mentioned the offensive line. You teased a little bit. So we talked about at the top. We're going to do position group focuses on each of these segments. So you get the duty of all things offensive line, the big uglies, if you will. So I love them, big boys. We saw a bunch of stuff happen in the offseason. You saw some new guys brought in, Zion Johnson. You saw the right tackle competition. Overall, like generally speaking, what is your kind of landscape? How do they do on the offensive line? Do they look the part? Are they going to be what we expected? And do you have any concerns for that group moving forward? Well, I think there's an obvious concern there, and you guys have all t you've kind of mentioned it a little earlier. Um, it's exciting because we have upgraded places all over all over the map. You know, Zion Johnson, first round pick. Everything we've seen in the preseason, he looks fantastic. Um, you know, we have guys Corey. You know, the highest paid center in the league. 
more time with Justin. I think everything, getting a, a group that's cohesive and guys, especially the left side of the line, that have been together for more than just a year, it's so important to get a feel for your other offensive linemen. And I think that they're going to be able to expand on that and be even better this year, especially on, on the left side of the line. Right side of the line, obviously the Trey Pipkin, Storm Norton competition for that right tackle spot. It wasn't our favorite competition, to be honest. You know, a lot of us wanted them to go kind of maybe look outside for somebody. But, you know, as the Charger chat, we are the shamelessly positive podcast. And we have gone full send on Trey Pipkins. And we are the official Trey Pipkins podcast. So uh, let's let's go, Trey. We're pulling for you. Don't let us down. No more whiffs. You know, that kind of energy. Let's 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 have some let's have some good offensive line play from you this year, buddy. We're going to have to have a Bob Rose ship a Trey if we can somehow see an epic performance from him this year. I was just going to say, you know, he's, he's telling you right now, they are the shamelessly positive. Who does that sound like? Char- I wonder, somebody to my left, maybe. Maybe you should go join them, you know, for some of their See stuff. ya! Yeah. You know, come on over, yeah. Okay, we cool. just really just, yeah, we just love on everything Chargers, and really, there's not much negative, honestly. Not much negative over here. Good, yeah. good. Kevin, let's, t- let's talk about, I mean, I know you kind of touched on it briefly, but Rashawn Slater going into his second season. We've all heard about it and obviously getting a chance now for him to get tested against guys like Khalil Mack. You know, it was basically just Joey and X player that would test him last year. And it wasn't much of a competition. But now you bring in a guy like Khalil Mack. Rashawn Slater even says himself, he's like, he's got some things that I haven't even seen before as far as pass rushing moves. Khalil's already talked about it as far as him and Joey are very different pass rushers. But what type of progress does having two guys like that have for a, you know, all pro left tackle coming into his second season and what that's going to do for him for his development? Yeah, well, I think, what is it? It's a rising tides raise all ships, you know? I think just the energy of, like, just play. These guys are going against each other every single day. You know, normally, you know, when you're talking about these matchups and how good are they going to be, they're going against these guys once a year. We have the best edge rushing tandem in the National Football League, and these guys are forced to go against them every day at practice. How can you not get better? You know what I mean? Like, how can that not be something to improve your game? And that's what I'm hoping happens with, you know, with, with Trey. Um, and obviously, Rashawn, he came out of the gates firing last year. Like, we, you know, as a rookie, when you get a rookie on the team, it's always like a, you know, I, we're pulling for him, you know, especially first rounder. We need him to get in there and be serviceable. He got in there and was not just serviceable. He was one of the best left tackles in National Football League. So let's see. I'm hoping to see more of that. And, you know, health is the big thing. I think it's going to be important for the season, but if these guys can stay healthy and they can start work getting together cohesively, I think it's going to be Mr. Herbert's going to have lots of time. <laughs> We're going to get into all kinds of things regarding kind of team MVP predictions, some bold predictions when we get all of us together at the end of the show. But last thing on offensive line, before we go to the next topic with you, Corey Lindsley had a, I think we saw a press conference with, I think it was Joe Lombardi who talked about, the kind of the, the synergy of center to quarterback. And now that I think Corey Lindsley is actually initiating some of the, like the cadence stuff and kind of going to the football level 202, 303, whatever you want to call it. Um, do you, what do you think we're going to see tactically, like on the field with those changes, with a Justin Herbert, Corey Lindsley together for year two? Yeah, the upside down quarterback, if you will, the center. Like there, those two guys working together are going to be able to help diagnose and break down anything that people throw at us. So the idea that they, you know, he finally has his guy two years in a row. He's not just coming in on kind of, you know, a, didn't have a lot of time together. Now a full off season, get to work together, and you know, build that that rapport up. 
they'll they'll cover each other, and we're going to be able to pick apart these defenses. So I'm I'm excited to see what what those two guys are going to do together this year. Week one, going up against the Las Vegas Raiders. Let's talk about it a little bit. How are you feeling about the Las Vegas Raiders? Tell us about kind of your feelings of the game. How are you feeling about the team as a whole going into it? What are you thinking are the keys to that game specifically? I think we need to make Derek Carr cry as much as possible. I think he's probably going to show up to the game. Um, and before the first snap, he's going to see those two edge rushers out there. And I, I, I would know. cry. I don't, I don't know what's going to happen. I would cry. He, you know, he, <laughs> I would definitely he turtles, cry. He turtles when you know people are five feet with him. So we'll see what happens when that starts. But I'm beyond excited for this game. Like I'm excited because uh, all of us are going to be at the game and hopefully meet up with all you guys at Thunder Alley and you know go experience that because – it's just football starting, but the idea that we get to start it where we left off last year and go in there and, you know, interacting with all these Raider fans on Twitter and all this stuff, like, you guys, like, this is a completely different team we have. If you think it's going to be anything like it was at the end of the year last year, you are sorely, sorely mistaken. No one's seen this defense we have. You're going to be the first ones. You're going to get a front row seat, Raiders, to see Talk what this it. defense is all about. You know what I mean? No one's seen what we're capable of doing. This defense we ran in the preseason, it's pretty vanilla. We weren't throwing everything at it. We didn't have all of our guys out there. So, Derek Carr, man, I, I get some uh, insurance out there because this is going to be a rough one. We, <laughs> we need some car insurance. Yeah. I will say yeah. we got to show this video to all the Chargers like 30 seconds before they hit the field. It's going to be like... Man, Kevin's like my hype, man. This is great. Absolutely. (laughs) Last question for you from me, and I'll pass it over to to Jake here for a second. Keys for the season for this Chargers team. We're going to talk to everyone about this. We'll get everyone's individual perspective. But overall, like, what are your keys that the team needs to turn, if you will, for this Chargers engine to succeed? On paper, our offense and defense should be some of the top in, in the league. So, you know, going back to, like, the 2006 Chargers, what happened? You know, we had the best offense, best defense, and we had a piss-poor, forgive pardon my language, piss-poor. You said friggin' um, we're good. Yeah, special teams, <laughs> yeah. I'm being, yeah, exactly. Um, uh, special teams. You know, if we can be a somewhat serviceable special teams, and everything's looking good for that, you know, with our new punter, with, you know, you know our kicking game, everything looks better, more hang time, more... I just don't want to see any meltdowns on special teams. If we can keep that kind of down the middle or even excel, we'll see what Carter does. Um, I think that's that's a huge key for this season because, you know, everything we're seeing on offense and, and defense feels pretty good right now. So that that's the one variable we want to see consistency out of. Well, so we are we're closing out with you. Again, we're going to bring everyone in together for a nice little Brady Bunch action. Again, with Chris Harry from Chargers Weekly going to be joining us. We've got the director. We've got Tyler Shoon from Guilty as Charged. We've got Locked On Chargers and Daniel Wade. Of course, we've got Charger Chat Podcast, Kevin Duggan. Uh, tons of exciting things that we're going to be going over. I'm going to ask you one now, and we'll get more of them later. But for you, bold prediction week one specifically. We're going to talk about bold predictions throughout the entire season. But bold Kevin has some pretty outlandish bold predictions that have actually come true, by the way. Hence some of why I'm asking, he's the I've man of the hour to ask. Over, over the years of listening to his show with the <laughs> yeah. guys, some of them have actually come true. So they're not, they're not totally they're out there. So yeah. if you're listening to Kevin right now, you may want to like almost take it to, to heart. And Kevin, fast. bold prediction week one, go. Bold prediction, four sacks on Derek Carr, because I'm feeling that it's just going to be a problem all day. It's going to be a problem all day with that offensive line. So I'm, I'm going four sacks. I think 
the boys, they both each get one. Mac and, and Bosa each get one. They share one because we're family here. We share. They'll split one, and then we'll we'll see what else happens on the defense. Maybe Van Noy or some some big boy up the middle. I feel like it's just going to be a nightmare all day for that Raider offensive line. Love it. I love it. All right. We are going to wrap up with Kevin from Charger Tap Podcast. Kevin, thanks so much. We'll be talking to you here in a bit shortly. We're going to go a quick commercial break. We'll be back with Tyler Shoon from Guilty at Charged. This episode of Chargers Unleashed Podcast is brought to you by BUSR, Finest City Entertainment, Rock Solid Sports Memorabilia, 5 North Bolt, Welcome back to a very special edition of Chargers Unleashed. Jan Wolkenstein and Jake Ebner here from the LA Football Network. We are continuing the crossover part two. Just got off a great conversation with Kevin Duggan from Charger Chat Podcast. Dan, what do you think about that? I mean, he did say he thinks that we're going to see some tears from Derek Carr. I really liked his bold prediction. Car insurance? I thought that was, well, that's great. (laughs) You got to get that on a t-shirt. That. Anybody has any T-shirts idea, that is one to think about. Uh, but no, the, the bold prediction I thought was, uh, was pretty on the money. So anybody taking wagers and listening within Kevin's voice of this show right now, you may want to take him up on that. But let's bring in our next guest. Uh, very happy to bring this gentleman in. Of the Guilty as Charged podcast, Mr. Tyler Shoon, friend of the show, buddy down here in uh, my neck of the woods, down in the Irvine area. So very happy to have Tyler on. Tyler, how you doing, buddy? Doing very well. Thanks for having me, Jake. We can start the um, unapologetically negative podcast anytime. <laughs> yes. So excited for this. Here, Here we, we go. go. This is my type of language right here. <laughs> <laughs> so, Tyler, uh, how are you feeling about the season? I mean, we saw a whole bunch of stuff happen in the offseason. Saw the draft, free agency, some guys that are no longer on the team, some guys maybe people wanted to be on the team but are not there. Overall impressions, offseason, how'd they do? In terms of what they did, Fantastic, more than I would have ever expected from Tom Telesco. I mean, he's been the general manager since 2013. We've never seen anything like this. Now, part of that's because, you know, they had Philip Rivers for X amount of years trying to make that work. Then Tyrod Taylor for 1.1 games. <laughs> then he got stabbed in the lungs. Then Point Justin one. Herbert. So now it's like they're able to do something that they've never been able to do before, even though Telesco has been the GM for a very long time. How do I feel about the year? So I just turned 27, which means my positivity is slowly on the decline, <laughs> yeah. like my testosterone, apparently. No, I'm kidding. Yes. Uh, and <laughs> You're going to get there, buddy. I got 10 years on you, and yeah, it's yeah, just going to keep getting appreciate worse. Appreciate it. Yeah, yeah I'll, just, I'll just float in your jet stream, buddy. Uh, I, I see everything they've done, right? But I've been a season ticket holder for 10 years now. I go to the games. I pay the money. I root for the team. And they always break my heart, man. They always let me down in some way in the end. So listen, I think they absolutely could win the Super Bowl, but I got to see it. There it is. There it is. So as Dana mentioned, we're breaking down different position groups with all of our different guests here today. So I know, Tyler, we're going to be centralizing, talking about the tight ends with you. 
And I know that looking into last year, if we turn the clock back a little bit, and what we saw from the early days of training camp with, with at the time it was Jared Cook and then it was Donald Parham, we were all saying to ourselves, like, man, inside the 20s, they're going to really be able to utilize these guys in good red zone situations. And unfortunately, we didn't end up seeing that that much in the regular season, unfortunately. So now what do the Chargers do? They go out. They get Gerald Everett, who's of a completely different skill set, obviously uh, has a lot more tread to be put on the tires in this circumstance. And now when you think about the combination of him and Donald Parham in the red zone, and you've been out there in training camp, obviously, witnessing all this. So what is it, what is it that you take away from Gerald Everett joining this team and overall how this is going to transform this group? Yeah, I think it's really what Joe Lombardi has wanted because we saw out of New Orleans, like this is what they want to do. They want to run with at least two tight ends. Three would be great. Let's go with five. Is that a thing? I don't know. <laughs> but they loved using their tight ends and they really tried to last year, but there's only so much you can do with Jared Cook, who's a great, or, well, he was an okay receiving option, but no one, like no, make, make no mistake, he was not a blocking option. So there's only so much they could do this year with Gerald Everett, you do get someone who can actually block. And if you watch the scrimmage, they left him one-on-one -on -one with Khalil Mack. Now, he lost a few times. We'll not talk about that. But that's Khalil Mack versus <laughs> it's Gerald Khalil Everett. Freaking so of course Mack. he's going to. Yeah, exactly. So he's going to lose a couple of times. But the tight end group, it just feels complete. And you watch Gerald Everett in practice. You've got him running, you know, blocking and, and delay routes, a chip and release, pulling in front of DeAndre Carter on end around slide routes. Like, he's going to be used in a way that you really just couldn't use Jared Cook last year. They tried to keep Donald Parham near the line of scrimmage, doing a lot of like you know screen stuff, slide route, flat route work sort of stuff. But you really couldn't do that with Jared Cook. I mean, Jared Cook had his moments for sure, but Gerald Everett, you can do everything with him. And, and really, when you look at all the tight ends, they can all block, and in theory, they can all catch. And what, are the, what are the, like, the analytics and the stats say about Justin Herbert, like where he can improve? Because I know you talked about Kevin. You know, what are the expectations for Justin Herbert? He can't improve in a whole lot of areas, but there are some places he can't, right? So early down scenarios where run pass is, you know, about expected even or whatever, targeting the middle of the field and bad luck. Like he just had bad luck last year. We just had a guest on the show who had a statistical model that showed Herbert was the unluckiest quarterback in the league last year. If you involve these tight ends, someone like a Gerald Everett who will just do his job, catch the football, that's already a huge bonus for, for Justin Herbert. And now they're, they suddenly had this epiphany, it seems like, in training camp that, oh, Donald Parham's a really good receiving option. The seven foot eight tight end that. is a pretty good option. So it really looks like they're going to be using him more. Um, I really think the tight end group is really key for this season. I did pick tight ends as my position group of focus. I don't mean that unironically. I really do think that like this is a very key position group for the Chargers for Justin Herbert because of how much they run 12 personnel. And because of what like Kevin talked about with the offensive line, Trey Pipkins. They feel like they can help Trey Pipkins this year, and the tight ends, three of them that can block, are going to be a huge part of that. Looking at the tight ends, I think one of the questions, you know, there was so much hype around Donald Parham last year, and then we saw the unfortunate injury that he had, and he comes back fully healthy, everyone's super excited, and you can't help but root for somebody like that. I guess, question for you, like, now that you see a Gerald Everett who's kind of taking that tight end one spot, like, how do you see those two working in tandem together in those two tight end sets? Like, what do you think would be most optimal for the team to use? That's a great question. I think it's going to be more of an even split than someone like Jared Cook and Donald Parham last year and then Jared Cook and Hunter Henry the year before that. Or excuse me, Donald Parham and Hunter Henry the year before that. It just felt like 
I don't know, they, they, it was more Jared Cook-centric, which I suppose if you need a receiving option at tight end, he was the more proven guy than Parham at the time. But now you see what Parham can do, and I feel like they're going to be a nice even split there. I do feel like if you're looking 20 to 20, I think you're going, or 25 to 25, I guess, you're going to see more of your Gerald Everett. You're going to see him be more involved. But I think when it comes time to get into the red zone and to score, you're going to see both the, you know, the easy jump ball stuff to Donald Parham, but also the screens. Like They do want to involve him more on screens. They did at several points last year. I believe, I want to say, against the Eagles and the Browns last year, and then Steelers sort of at midfield. They involved Donald Parham on those screens, and he's great. He's one of the best yards after catch tight ends um, per play, that is, last year. So I think that's kind of going to be the split. That's kind of how the roles are going to going to work. Yeah, Gerald Everett, yeah, he's going to be your feature guy. I do think for the most part, he's going to be the more involved, you know, getting to the red zone guy. But once you get into the red zone, it's going to be a lot more Donald Parham. You saw that a lot in training camp. And then, yeah, they're just going to have both guys, a lot of 12 personnel. The Chargers ran 12 personnel. I think the second most in the league last year, I think they were top five in yards per attempt running the football there. So you're just going to see more of that this year with those guys as blockers as well. And then at some point, Trey McKitty uh, mixed in too. Tyler, I know you guys felt the same way about this, but last season I felt that uh, Steven Anderson was actually one of the unsung heroes of this offense Mm -hmm. at that point in time for as much as he was able to contribute basically as a tight end four, but coming in as a halfback position. But you saw Joe Lombardi get really creative with him and how he utilized Mm -hmm. him in the offense. Talk to me a little bit about how that could translate to Gerald Everett. Not necessarily him coming out of the halfback position, but from what we've mm-hmm. seen from him doing the end arounds in Seattle, uh, what kind mm-hmm. of just you know versatility can that bring to an offense like this that when you see anybody going on an end around in the Chargers offense, normally it doesn't pan out that well. So how is this going to change? That's a great question. It's one of those things that I do want to see on the field first. Like, yeah, we saw it at training camp, but I, I feel like they kind of, hid some things from us you know I don't think we saw a lot of Gerald Everett in the backfield as much as like I say as Steven Anderson who was more you know the the fullback for them I think in terms of screens in terms of like not a wide receiver screen but like they'll be in trips to the right or whatever I think they'll throw it a lot to Gerald Everett there and sort of get some stuff that way um, of course you see like the, the the fake screen or whatever they did um, to Steven Anderson against the Eagles to help set up one of their scores I could definitely see that, but I think there's not going to be a guy who has that out of backfield, you know, receiving option like Steven Anderson. And Steven Anderson had that big one against the Raiders. There was that touchdown against the Eagles. That's all out of the backfield. You're not really going to see that from these tight ends. I don't think what I think they're going to do, and this isn't related to my position, is I think they're actually going to go, that's I say a Spillers kind of job. I think that's what they were kind of envisioning. Not as a fullback, like don't get me wrong, but I think they're going to use, you know, get some of the, the screen stuff, some of the, the tight end stuff, the flat stuff that Steven Anderson did from Parham, from Everett. But if you want something out of the backfield, I think that's more going to be your Isaiah Spiller and of course your Xander Horvath. We can't forget giveaway this segment. We're going to be doing a fourth and Staley giveaway, which you'll be seeing when we give a wide shot of the table. We have fourth and Staley hat of color of your choice. We're going to be giving that out to someone. Again, all you got to do is like and subscribe to us on YouTube. And, of course, put the comment in the live chat as we go through. Uh, Tyler from Guilty is Charged. Thank you so much for being with us. Question for you now. You talked about, which is kind of wild, that Justin Herbert was, you mentioned, like the most unlucky quarterback in the NFL and still put up borderline MVP numbers, which is just insane. Looking at kind of the season as a whole, like statistically, statistically wise, what, what do you think is like some of like a, a key stat or stats that Chargers fans should be looking for, whether it's from Justin Herbert or from the offense, defense, whoever it is? Like what are some stats that are going to showcase whether or not this team is doing well or not well? So, good question. So since 2010, there have been 11 quarterback MVPs. Ten of them had this one thing in common. Do you know what it is? 
a great That's setting. okay, I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I was probably I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> uh, they led the league in adjusted EPA per play, adjusted expected points added per play. Don't ask me what that is. You can go ahead and ask Arjun. He's the nerd on the podcast. You can ask him about all that stuff. But every quarterback except Cam Newton led the league in adjusted EPA per play. Herbert was 16th in 2020. He was fifth last year, tied with Joe Burrow. If he can get to first, and if that trend continues, listen, few less drops, right? One more conversion, whatever, whatever it takes. If he can get to first in the league, not that this is how people vote, but that tends to be the trend. It has been the trend, right? 10 out of 11 quarterbacks since 2010. If he can be first in adjusted EPA per play, in theory, that would mean that he's going to win MVP. So if I'm looking at any stat line that's really important for this year, I would say adjusted EPA per play. Adjusted EPA per play. You've got to make sure you put take that to the bank. So we've got Derek Carr, four sacks. We've got EPA per play is going to be the stat to look for. Uh, week one against the Las Vegas Raiders. Are you going to be there? Mm-hmm. Are you going to week one? I will be there, yeah. Me and the 14 of you guys will all be there cheering <laughs> as loud as we can. Half of the 14 fans are here on this episode, That's right. which is pretty That's ridiculous. Right. <laughs> Half of the contingent right now. <laughs> Look at us. What yeah. are your feelings for this week one against the Raiders? How do you think it's going to go? Give us a bold prediction as well for week one specifically. I expect them to win. I absolutely do expect them to win. This is the thing that you've been thinking about all offseason. Not that this is the only game that matters, and certainly this is no Super Bowl. And if you lose, you're 0-1. But, like, you got knocked out of the postseason in Vegas that by the Raiders. And there's there's videos, there's memes, there's the fans, there's the media. Oh, Staley can't do this, and the defense sucks, and Herbert's not clutch. All that crap. You have one game right now where you can, at least for a week, shut everybody up. Tell and just kind it. of exercise those demons. You have to. I do expect them to win. I will say that doesn't mean that I'm not nervous because I expected them to win when I was sitting in Vegas cheering everybody on and then they lost and didn't make the postseason. So I've seen them lose to an inferior Raiders team before. That said, we know how difficult it is you know, as Chargers fans who just watched this to transition to a new coach, new regime, new defensive scheme. The, Char- the, the Raiders are going to be experiencing that in week one and it doesn't look like their offensive line is all that good right now. Um, so I do expect the Chargers to win, but again, like I, I would be lying if I said I wasn't nervous. Sounds about right. <laughs> Sounds about right, yeah. So, would you like a bold prediction? Yes, please. please. I was, was going to yes. say, you, you're leaving us yeah. hanging. Bold prediction time. Okay. All right, I'm going to price this right this. Yes. Five sacks on Derek Carr. Ooh. Ooh. One dollar, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> yes, love it. <laughs> who's going to have a leader in, who's gonna be the leader in sacks that game? Uh, Khalil Mack. I, I just think yeah. that... A, that's not a bad pick as is, but B, you know, he seems a little hungry. Like, we haven't really seen how hungry he is, and I think he's starving to get Derek Carr. We're going to have Tyler Shoon from Guilty as Charged back with us in a bit as we have a roundtable. Again, we're going to be going Brady Bunch style, all of us together going over our bull predictions as well as keys to the season, rapid style. Tyler, thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you guys in a bit. We'll be back soon with our next guest live and in color, Jake. Can't wait for this one. Love that. Coming to you next on Charged Unleashed. This episode of Chargers Unleashed Podcast is brought to you by BUSR, Finest City Entertainment, Rock Solid Sports Memorabilia, Five North Bolt. Where did the good times go? 
Welcome back to Chargers Unleashed. We have Jake Hefner, Dan Wilkeson here from the LA Football Network, and a special guest live and in color, Mr. Dan Wade from Locked on Chargers, fresh off the wedding. Dan, welcome. How are you? Hey, Dan. Hey, Jake. <laughs> What's up, man? What is I need to get on that Chargers <laughs> Unleashed money. <laughs> <laughs> I need a raise. How I, this is pretty cool. Thanks for having me, guys. Of course, Absolutely, of course. Sir. You were the one in the middle wearing the shorts. Got to show off the calves. The nice tan Yeah, I thought lines. this point wasn't going to be showing. <laughs> so I... It's, it's, it looks hey, it look good. It looks right, good right. regardless. Yeah, thank but you. you look thank good. You. So how, how are you feeling about the team overall? I know we've asked a few people this before, but generally, did they do enough? Like, how are you feeling going to week one? Do you feel upset? Are you nervous? Like, what's the overall vibe for you coming into this... Week one. I mean, I think there's a general sense of nervousness anytime if you're a Charger fan. I'm a lifelong Charger fan. <laughs> like, I mean, it's always going to be something where, like, the hype never makes you feel better. The hype always makes you feel worse. But, yeah, they did enough. I mean, on paper, it's hard to – I mean, maybe the Bills you look at as a team that's like, I can say, okay, they probably have a better roster yep. on paper than what the Chargers have. But, like, outside of that – who else? I mean, who, who is it not a conversation at the very least? Like, I just think that with what they did, the holes that they filled. I mean, we just had Daniel Jeremiah name drop on our show, Huge. Locked on Chargers. But he said it was targeted missile strikes. And I totally agree with him because it wasn't just, hey, we're the Jacksonville Jaguars. Let's go spend all of our money. We have so much cap space. Let's go spend it, right? It wasn't just like a, a shopping spree. It was, hey, how do we target our exact weaknesses and go fill them and then do it with premium players? And now just when you look at the premium players and specifically the closers, like they went and got closers, dudes who can end games. I mean, how many times have you been sitting at the end of your couch waiting on how the Chargers are going to blow something? Like yes. that's just like a, an annual tradition unlike any other. So to go get guys who can go get you that game-winning interception, to go get you that game-winning sack, to score the game-winning touchdown. I mean, I think they absolutely did everything they needed to, outside of right tackle, obviously, but with the resources they had, with the guys they brought in, the caliber of guys they brought in, I don't know how you can complain at all. Absolutely. Well, Dan, we wanted to talk to you about the, the secondary unit. Obviously, been a lot of moves, both in free agency right. and in the draft, to basically just reshape what this secondary is going to look like. Yeah. And you mentioned it. You go out and you get one of the closers. Let's talk about J.C. Jackson, Let's one of the most about. anticipated players that's coming in for everybody to see on defense. Obviously, he's getting over his current surgery with the foot. Everything's looking positive right now for him to start week one. But what is a guy like J.C. Jackson inserted into a defense with Derwin James, with Asante Samuel Jr.? What does he bring to this defense? Well, I mean, I think when you're talking about, like, who we're talking about specifically, right? I mean, I think... It's Brandon Staley. This is who J.C. Jackson, that's what the signing is about. It's about Brandon Staley getting his guy, his version of, you know, Jalen Ramsey, right? The guy that helped him run the number one defense in the NFL in 2020 when he was the defensive coordinator of the Rams. And getting that guy that can take away at another team's best receiver, right? Just to have a guy, it's like, hey, we don't have to worry about what's going on over there. That's J.C. Island, and that's J.C. Jackson's lane. No one's going to do anything. And I think it's also the freedom of what, that brings to everyone else, right? What the, how that lets you use someone like Derwin James, how that lets you use some of the guys they want to move around at the star in the money positions and everything like that. I mean, I think that's what J.C. Jackson brings because when you can just put a guy out there in man-to-man -man coverage, because they didn't really have that guy, right? I mean, there's not one guy on their team last year that excelled in man-to-man -man coverage specifically where you could just feel good about leaving them on an island and knowing, hey, okay, now I can create the rest of the defense. Now I can formulate everything based on the baseline understanding of I don't have to worry about this dude over here. And now instead of, you know, 11 guys covering the whole field, I have 10 guys that are worried about all this because over here, we don't have to worry about that anymore. Now, the one thing that I find,
want you mentioned Jalen Ramsey on the Rams, and you know obviously he had Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey as kind of his two missiles, right. if you will. But now <laughs> he's got <laughs> now, now he's got <laughs> Khalil Mack, Joey Bosa, Derwin James, and J.C. Jackson. Secondary specifically, they got J.C. Jackson and Derwin James, which is basically right. like two Derwin, two Jalen Ramsey types ish. Totally. Like. Is this defense, and I'm not trying to give an hyperbole, I'm not trying to be the overly optimistic guy here, but, like, is this defensive roster better than that one? So, I mean, the 2020 Rams, I think so because I think there's four players. They don't have a single player at the level of Aaron Donald. They don't have a single corner at the level of Jalen Ramsey, at least, you know, the way I see it. But I, what I do think is, though, you have more of those guys, right? Because who's the third best guy then, right? You're going, you know... Leonard Floyd, or you're going, you know, John Johnson, guys who played important roles. Probably. But, like, not guys that you would put on the same level as who I think are the best four defenders on any team. I, I mean, I know we don't have the beer yet, but here's the – I mean, I don't think there's a better foursome on any team in the entire NFL, right, than Khalil Mack, J.C. Jackson, Joey Bosa, right, and Derwin James. That, those four right there, somebody find me a better foursome on any team. Does that mean you have a great defense? No. Is it the base foundation that you need to do something special? I think absolutely. Let's talk about that one Derwin James. Obviously, everybody was going up and down with the stress level as far as, is he he signing? Are we going to get him under contract? We have to do it before the other safeties get under contract so the price tag doesn't go up. Ultimately, he does get signed. Highest paid safety in the league now. We've heard Daniel Jeremiah say this. I know he said it on your guys' show, but just as far as a chess piece like that. Right. And you insert him in a defense now. We were all waiting to see what it was going to look like with him and a healthy Nasir Adderley. We saw glimpses of that last yeah. year. But when you amplify that now with somewhat of a sur- resurgence in the Mike Davis category, mm-hmm. the Asante Samuel Jr. is bringing in a Bryce Callahan, and now yeah. a J.C. Jackson. I just on paper, again, I hate using that phrase, oh, but it. it's just it's, it he makes you it. salivate a little bit. Yeah, I mean, 100%. Like, the way my favorite thing I've talked about it, Derwin James getting downhill is a National Geographic Discovery Channel, like, lion hunting gazelle type of thing. Like, that's my favorite thing in football, period. Derwin James getting downhill. And how many people have found out about that the wrong way, right? Like, I mean, (laughs) Teddy Bridgewater, James (laughs) Conner, Jalen Richard. I mean, there's a laundry list of dudes who have found out the hard way. Like, if you're in open space, that's safe against a lot of defenders. Against Derwin James, it's just not. But now thinking about, okay, what can you do with Derwin James now that he's not plugging up holes, right? Because last year, I think a lot of it was he's plugging up holes. Hey, we're missing a safety, all right? Now we need him more on the back end. Oh, we're missing a corner. Now we need him up closer to the line. We need him playing more in the slot. Like, they don't need to do that. They can deploy him from a position of strength as opposed to using him to just plug up holes on a sinking defense that they had last year, right? Now you can actually use him and find all the areas of his game where you can, he excels the most, which is like everything. You know what I mean? But like, <laughs> it was a no-brainer just for the Chargers to get him, right? Like he just, it's so much more than him on the field. I mean, when you see him, you know, getting splashed with holy water and stuff like that is the face <laughs> of the franchise standing next to Justin Herbert and some guy in robes. Like, you know that dude's sticking around a while because that thing's not coming out to like 2024 or something like that. So like, they always knew it was part of their plans. As far as the money goes, getting that money, I mean, it was always a guarantee, but like, I also think he's probably the player on the Chargers right now you could make the best argument for being the single one best player at his position. I, I, I think, you know, Herbert, maybe after this year we look at it in a yeah. different light. Joey Bosa, Quill Mack, both guys who have been up there at Top some five, point. Ten. Yeah, for sure. But, like, I would have the, the most arguments for Derwin James being that big. we got to get critical a little bit. We can't right. always be positive. You're welcome, Jake. Uh, 
doing it. Weak point on the secondary. I know last year we saw so many issues with the secondary where there was, I remember the Vikings game specifically, where it was just like the Tavon Campbell show. Every time third down, we Justin were getting Jefferson. screwed. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. This year, I know they went after a ton in the secondary to kind of revamp that. Do you right. see there being that same weak point on the secondary as we saw last year? Like, what is the concerns there for you? Yeah, I mean, I have concerns. I mean, for sure. On paper, it's way better. I mean, when you're talking about just a straight-up Bryce Callahan for Chris Harris Jr. swap, like, that's always going to be a plus. And, like, if you start there, that's a good sign. Michael Davis, Sante Samuel Jr., you two guys who both have started, were two outside starting cornerbacks for you last year. You have both those guys back. I think that's a really nice thing to have. But at the same time, I mean, CB5 right now is just Seer Taylor, right? Ja Taylor, a rookie guy that was picked in the sixth round, who gave up, I think, nine touchdowns last year. That's CB5 right now. It was Tavon Campbell last year, right? But he was more CB4. So, I mean, there are questions there. I think I'm more critical on Asante Samuel Jr. than most people. Like, I think that, for me, I have to still see it a little bit more with him. I think a lot of people are willing to kind of, you know, just be like, hey, he's the dude, he's the starter. But he did lose his starting spot, as we see it right now, to Michael Davis, right? And I think ever since the, you know coming back from that second concussion i don't think we've seen the same player i think we you know are missing some of that physicality he brought early on some of that dog in him right that was going up and led him into Najee harris's knee in that game when that happened i mean so i think there are questions but like there i don't think there's one obvious weak spot right and i don't think that one player even jc jackson like if he doesn't play a week one against the raiders like, I think you're still feeling better about this unit than the guys you had last year, even missing their best corner. So I think even with the questions I have, even if you take their best corner away, I still think they're in a better spot than last season. And then you add the best corner that they have, and the guy with 17 interceptions the last two seasons, right, and he's in the mix. I mean, I think they're looking good. We haven't got a chance to talk about this yet. And, Jake, I think I'll let you go for the next one. But we have Sonny Michelle now yeah. on this team. I know we talk about secondary, but I kind of wanted to get into late-breaking news of Sonny yeah. Michelle. Um, how much of a factor, how much are we going to see, like from an impact perspective, are we going to see from him as it compares to the other running backs not named Austin Eckler? That's a great question. I mean, I think that was always the question when they signed him, you know, was where does he fit in this pecking order now? Because all the offseason we've been talking about, okay, who's RB2, right? That's the whole thing. It's like, all right, is it going to be Josh Kelly? Is it Isaiah Spiller? I don't know how many people were going up for Larry Roundtree and saying <laughs> I think it's going to be Larry Roundtree, but he was theoretically in the mix. According to Brandon Staley, he's in the mix. And I think that with what they have now, I, I think it's much more of a RB2A, 2B situation, at least until Isaiah Spiller gets back. Like, I think the better way to look at that conversation, though, to me personally, is what does it look like without Austin Eckler? Because that's what I think the reason is that they made the move. Because yeah. if you're looking at it without Austin Eckler, you take Austin Eckler out of the group and now it's Josh Kelly, Isaiah Spiller, Larry Roundtree. That's kind of a scary thing, right? There's a lot of, un, you know, because like, what if Josh Kelly fumbles, right? Josh Kelly has looked good. I've been wrong so far yes. about him going into this season from where he started in the offseason to where I feel about him now. Huge gap, right? I feel like he came in in way better shape. Like the body looked different the first day of training camp. I saw that. And he hurdled the dude in the last preseason game. And I think locked it up. And right? got the first down. But like, and this is like a way watered down version of this, but like good teams add to even units they're not worried about, right? You look back at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers when they won, right? Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, they go out and get Antonio Brown, a knucklehead, just to add to a position that was already a strength for them, two guys who they felt really good about. You go back to last season, Robert Woods, right? They have Robert Woods and Cooper Cup. They go bring in Odell Beckham Jr. anyways after he gets released from the Browns. I think I like the fact that the Chargers are adding to a position of strength. He doesn't provide much special teams-wise, or at least hasn't for most of you know, the last few seasons. Sonny Michelle, 
But I think just to have that steadying force, to have that guy that you know is going to come in, not only, you know, averaging 4.2 yards per carry, which, you know, the other two running backs, not Austin Eckler that have played an NFL game, it's more around, closer to two than it is to four, right? <laughs> so I think having that guy there with the proven production, a guy that, you know, if he fumbles, you know, he's been there and, you know, he's done it in the playoffs and has won two Super Bowls. Like, that I think is great. Plus the pass protection. The pass protection, I think, you know, watching all the clips that have gone around of just, Sony Michelle depleting guys and just the reads that he's uh-huh. making on the line. Huge. Because what, I mean, Josh Kelly, that was one of the biggest things last year. One of his biggest kryptonites wasn't just, you know, two point whatever yards per carry. It was pass protection. And, and if you let Justin Herbert get smoked, you you're better not, understand that your job isn't going to be safe. And they've all looked much better at that. And Josh Kelly specifically looks like it's a strength of his game now. That's huge. But to bring in Sony Michelle, as many carries as he's going to get, I would say it's probably a 2A, 2B situation with Josh Kelly, at least right now until Isaiah Spiller gets back. You talk about adding to strength of the team. Right. Brandon Staley has been on record as far as saying you can never have enough quarterbacks. Totally. And obviously in this single offseason, going out and getting J.C. Jackson, already talked about that, but then you go out and you draft three additional guys to, to add to the secondary, yeah. J.T. Woods, Jasir Taylor, Dean Leonard. As far as what you and Dave had saw during training camp, which you've obviously seen during preseason, yeah. from the three of them, who really stood out to you as, as the one that impressed you the most? It has to be John Taylor, and I think – something that's working for him is the lack of terrible plays right (laughs) as bad as that says like like it's kind of like with mark webb right so many people had mark webb making the roster but he also wasn't out there you know tackling dean leonard off of a 60 yard touchdown right so like sometimes not being the guy we're talking about a lot i think can work for you especially in training camp especially if you're coming in as a six-round pick because I can think of Dean Leonard and I can think of JT Woods and I have, you know, two, three plays for both of those guys where I'm like, I, I can't watch. Turn around. Like, <laughs> so it's just one of those things where it's like, I think him having the consistency, add in a couple sprinkles of flash plays, a pick six of Justin Herbert here, a pass breakup versus Keenan Allen there. Like, I think he is the guy that's shown out to me. And I mean, I think the Chargers are showing their trust in him by getting rid of a guy like Tavon Campbell, right? By not bringing back Kimon Hall, who got injured in that last game. But, like, there's no experience there. This is his first time about to strap up for an NFL game. The fact that that dude's CB5 with the uncertainty of J.C. Jackson, like, I think the coaches are telling you how they feel about Ja Taylor so far. We are live in studio. Shout out to Finest City Entertainment. They've been tremendous yes. for us, helping us out with this amazing setup. Guys, thank you so much for all that you guys have done with us. We're talking to Dan Wade of Locked On Chargers. Coming up next is going to be Guilty as Charged's friend, going to be the director himself. Yes. yes. And we're going to have a cold beer hot take segment. Got to make sure we stay hydrated. Absolutely. Are you ready? I'm oh, ready. Okay. He's been ready for this for about the last <laughs> I already hour, broke out the hot takes. I haven't even like waited for yes. the beer yet. Like, <laughs> I bring the beer. I'll find more hot takes. Let's get the beer flowing. Yeah. Good. Yeah. But before we bring in the director, I got to ask you, week one, mm-hmm. Las Vegas Raiders coming to town. We've yeah. all talked about the bitterness, all the feelings, the endless nights we've had up and night waiting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thoughts on the game? How do you feel the Chargers are ready for it? Do you yeah. see anything crazy happening that we're not expecting? No. I mean, I don't think anything we're not expecting, but, like, we've, we've all seen, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> what was everything. the last game against the Raiders? Like, are we going to see that? I don't think so. Like, and the stakes aren't there. I mean, but as far as week one stakes go, I don't think it can get any higher for the Chargers than the Raiders, right? And, and showing just first week of the season where you are in that totem pole which is the craziest totem pole that we've ever seen in any division maybe <laughs> since there's been eight divisions right i mean i've heard people say that this is the most loaded division 
to go 1-0 there, 1-0 on the season, right? To stake your claim as, hey, we are going for the West Crown, I think is huge. As far as the game itself, J.C. Jackson, right? That's, that's huge. I mean, not mm-hmm. knowing what's going to happen with J.C. Jackson, what the timeline is for him to come back from that non-invasive surgery that he got, I mean, I think is going to be a big part of it. But let's be honest, guys. I mean, with or without J.C. Jackson, the Chargers absolutely have the pieces to go win this game. It should not be a J.C. No Jackson-dependent right. game. Because I think with the Raiders, there's – they have the biggest holes in the division from where I sit, right? On the outside looking in, when I'm looking at position groups that I would question out of all of the rest of the teams in the AFC West, sorry, Raiders, I'm going to say you, because at the <laughs> offensive line, you just cut your first-round pick from last year, Alex Leatherwood, for free. Like, no, no trade value, no trade assets back coming from that. And now you have guys even with less experience starting for you guys, right? And I know it's a new scheme, but it is also still a – second time first year head coach you know for Josh McDaniels if he sticks around I still want to see him get to the sideline right before I'm gonna say Josh McDaniels is the coach for the Raiders right he did dip out one time after <laughs> Come back to Indianapolis. <laughs> sorry Indianapolis right it looks like it's working out for you though uh, but I do think that with that game specifically the Chargers have more than enough to win even without JC Jackson but that secondary should be worried about Justin Herbert and this offensive company coming to down because I think that's the worst secondary in the division. And I think the Chargers have, you know, 1B in the division as far as quarterbacks and Justin Herbert, right? So I think that's where I would look at and be like, that secondary for the Raiders should get shredded if the Chargers can get, you know, their chemistry and stuff offensively in line. I got to ask, key statistic for the season. We've asked a few folks this already. We're going to be going into more of this as we get into the Brady Bunch. <laughs> but key statistic for fans, for folks watching this team nationally, here locally. What is a key statistic that would be kind of a, a benchmark or something for us to, as a barometer, so to speak, of yeah. if the Chargers team is doing well or not so good this year? I mean, nobody's gone with the easy answer, and that's run defense, right? I mean, I think like the statistics of the run defense is probably something that, like, if it's not, you know, 140 yards allowed per game on the ground, like, I think that's a pretty good statistic. Progress. You know, like, if, <laughs> if I, it. well, if you could tell me right now, like, hey, the Chargers, like, we're talking about statistics. If you could tell me right now the Chargers are going to give up 90 yards or less on the ground per please, game. Please, please. Well, what's, what's the yeah. record of that season, <laughs> right. right? Like, so that's from that aspect. From the other side, though, if I were to pick one, I'd say Yak. Right? Who doesn't love Yak? And I'm talking yards after the catch. Like that. And I'm also talking yards after contact. This is a double for you. But what I would say, though, is for this, that I would say Yak, as far as you didn't get enough missed for, or forced missed tackles from your receivers last year or your running backs not named Austin Eckler, right? Gerald Everett brings that Yak. DeAndre Carter brings some Yak, right? Those are the guys where I think if those guys can get that going, if Josh Kelly can start forcing missed tackles and Isaiah Spiller can do that, Sony Michelle, I think that'll be a huge step. I gotta say, I'm a little parched, I'm a little thirsty. <laughs> I'm, ready. Time. I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready for some beverages. So yes. let's bring in the next guest that we have for the show. The Excited one and only, one. the director is going to be joining us, as well as Dan Wade from Locked On Chargers, to talk a little bit more about these Chargers. Director, where are you at? There he is. Yo, what up, old fan? Hey. Director. Hey, you know what? First off, before anybody says nothing, okay? I got to give a huge shout out and props to you guys, Chargers Unleashed, the finest city, everybody for making this happen. Look at this. Look around you. Oh. This is absolutely insane. And they're bringing booze and beverages and everything <laughs> like that. Man, this is a, a top shelf, top shelf production hey, quality cheers. program. Thank you to everybody for making this happen. Absolutely, man. Thank you for joining. This would not be a crossover without the director on this show. Absolutely not. Yeah. Uh, director, where, where is your alcohol? Do you have it with you? It could be apple juice. Okay, here we go, guys. Uh, we're going to open a nice coffee stout. I don't know what you guys' beverage of choice is. I'm a dark beer guy myself. There it is. And we're we all lager. Loaded, full barrels ready to go. 
There we go. Okay, so we're going to be doing, obviously, cold beer hot takes, new segment we brought to Chargers Unleashed. Nobody to do it better with, by the way. Staying frosty. I, we we got to get a stay frosty from the director at some point. <laughs> obviously, we're going to get into the round table. We're going to get into kind of the the all of us in one box, so to speak, where we talk about some bold predictions, get everybody here together laughing at our ugly faces. But the director, for you, we're going to go into a position group that I think probably is more exciting than maybe all of them, other than the quarterback, obviously. Right. Uh, edge position. We got a new guy, Khalil Mack, on this team. Chris Rumpf, wildly improved. Obviously, you got Joey Bosa with, Joey, with, with Joey Bosa bombs. You've got Morgan Fox, potentially, going to be able to fill in that role. Kyle Vannoy, obviously. How are you feeling about this edge group? Well, first off, I, I got lucky. Maybe I cheated a little bit by getting the edge players. Dan was asking everybody what position. Before he could even finish the question, I was like, edge, dibs on edge. I'm taking edge. Yeah, you did. <laughs> Fact. So edge. You did. It's mine. I could not be more excited. Of course, guys, you take a look at what the Chargers did this offseason. There's so many highlights that you could say, oh, my God, look at this. Oh, my God, look at that. I think for me personally, you take a look at Joey Bosa. You, you, you hope you want to cradle him and just say, dude, don't worry. You're going to get your day. Your time is coming. <laughs> and then you sign a guy like Khalil Mack. It is impossible to look at this duo and not get vibe <laughs> of, of Sean Merriman and, and Sean Phillips. It's impossible to take a look at this duo and not think every quarterback on our schedule going up against the Chargers is probably with those cold sweats and nightmares at night because this is one of the most legit duos that I've seen in a very, very long time. And in my opinion, I think that the edge position, Joey Bosa, Khalil Mack, these two players could help define our season. They could be, you know, the, the two guys that we walk away from the 2022 season and be like, man, I'm never going to forget. That year we had Joey Bosa, Khalil Mack, the years you know to come afterwards. I think this is going to be one of the biggest difference makers on this team that we've seen in a long time, and it's going to be the most apparent immediately. I'll drink to that. Cheers to that. Yes. Am I playing it right? Can I? Can I? Can I? Please, can I, yes. please do. Yes. Right. Please the way do. you play is you just consume beverages. Yes. If you're not hydrated. drinking, you're playing the game wrong. While you're speaking, oh, okay, after good. you're speaking, there's no rules here as it relates to that. underwater charges. <laughs> exactly. I'm, gonna, I'm drinking again. <laughs> Director, you had actually touched on that um, just a little bit as far as just Khalil Mack, Joey Bosa, having that duo there. And arguably, as Dan said, possibly the most important duo when you think about the edge guys. If you think about, take yourself back to 2006 with Merriman, with Phillips, what did both of those guys do to the rest of the defense as far as getting after the quarterback? How did that make the secondary or the linebackers better? So when you have two guys like this, and then you think about all the talent that is behind in the linebacker group in the secondary, how is how are these two guys really going to change it? I, I think it's almost been undervalued just a little bit to say, oh, you got somebody to pair with Joey Bosa. No, you may have have someone now that could help transform your entire defensive unit. Well, I don't know if there's any Ashton Kutcher fans in the house, but we always call it the butterfly effect, okay? Starting from level one, it is going to have an impact on every single level above it. And it's obvious because that's kind of where the magic begins, right? If you can get consistent, I think is going to be the biggest word I'm going to bring up, consistent pressure to the quarterback, it's going to affect how much time that quarterback has to find a target, how much time our corners are going to need to cover you know, the receivers, how much time the linebackers need to get in position. If that time is shortened, then yes, it does affect every level of this defense. So when you're talking about a defense that already, in my opinion, had some pretty big studs in their secondary, Derwin, James, Sante, Samuel, even a Mike Davis, and you give them less time to have to cover their target, 
that could result in more interceptions. You take a look at the linebackers. Now, Kyle Van Noy, Drew Tranquil, you give them less time, let's say even in coverage, or let's say to find that gap, it's going to affect the linebackers. In theory, yes, every single level is going to be elevated, as well as the level, I would say, maybe just the guys in between Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack. Because one thing I loved about the signing as well of, of Khalil Mack is that stat against the run. Of course, the Chargers were looking everywhere for help in order to address the biggest problem on this team. And not only did they add you know, a guy opposite Joey Bosa, but a guy who can also additionally help versus the run. So it really feels like, yes, Khalil Mack, Joey Bosa, you got your, you know, uh, uh, left hook lightning, you got your right hook thunder. <laughs> I feel like it's going to be a big problem for a lot of teams. And yes, alluding to what you're going to ask me later, it's going to be a big problem in seven days for that Derek Carr. No matter Geico is going to save him, baby. <laughs> no Geico is going to save him. We're talking to the director here on Charge Unleashed Mega Crossover Episode 2. Before I go any further, I don't know if this is even possible with Final State Entertainment, but can we get like a behind-the-scenes shout-out, like if they're able to show like the backstage? Because this is like legit. This is oh, yeah. All right, guys, come on. In the ear. I think we show the backstage. Are they going to be able to do it? We will show it later. Don't worry. Maybe we'll try. But hey, there, is. there we go. From Finest Thing Entertainment. Obviously, huge Chargers fan. We got some pictures up there later. Drink to that. Yes, absolutely. Uh, I got to ask. the dog. I got it. Oh. There's a cute Chargers yeah, dog. There's a cute Chargers dog here as well. Right. We have to see if they want to come in Allie, later. shout out. Um, a question for you, director. So, edge position. Are you concerned with anything regarding this edge position? I know some people talked about... Okay, they got Khalil Mack, they got Joey Bosa, but like, what happens if something happens? Do you have concerns? Yeah. <laughs> that makes me want to drink. I'm down to do that. Knock on wood and a drink for that. Concern, yeah, they basically are, are you know, uh, held up with the, the health of the players, and I think you can say that about every player on the team at this point, because really, you take a look at their resume, you take a look at their skill set, their talent. There's really nothing that I can go, hey, man, you know, Khalil Mack, maybe he's a little older. Maybe he's lost his – no, man. I think we all saw in preseason, <laughs> in camp, that he's he's really ready to go out there. Uh, order a car burger, the number five special with a side of fries. I think he's ready. He's fine. <laughs> hungry. With everything else, I think the only other thing you might be concerned about is the depth. And I do think that's one of the highlights we saw from, you know, these guys – uh, behind Joey Bosa, the guys behind our starters was these edge players. Even the guys that didn't make the 53 like Jamal Davis, I feel looked really, really strong. And I think Chris Rumpf and even a mixture of him and Kyle Van Noy, they're going to be just fine in rotating with Khalil Mack, Joey Bosa, if they need a breather, whatever that may be. I still feel pretty confident in it. The, the fact of the matter is that the Chargers let's say after the whole Melvin Ingram, once he started to decline a little bit, when he uh, eventually made his departure from the team, Joey Bosa's just kind of been, you know, doing his best despite every team tossing all their resources against him. The Chargers didn't just go out there and pick up, you know, a good free agent edge player. They went out there and they intelligently selected a player that's not only one of the best in the league, also has familiarity with the, uh, the system, the coaching, uh, the, the culture, everything fits uh, here in Los Angeles, what Khalil Mack is as a player. And I do think that that is going to help elevate both Joey Bosa, but also speed up uh, uh, the time in which it takes a, a new player to come into a new system or a new team, uh, uh, the chance for you know Khalil Mack just to really hit the ground running, right? And I think that's going to be seen in week one, you know, the intelligence of taking a guy specifically like Khalil Mack, who is familiar, 
I think he has got as good a shot as anybody to really make a difference week one, snap one, versus Derek Carr and the Raiders. Jake, I just realized we did not do a giveaway last segment. So now we've got to do two giveaways in this segment. Fair so enough. first giveaway, again, all you got to do is subscribe and comment in the comment section below. Cheers to that, sir. Cheers to giveaways, boys. <laughs> Cheers, Cheers to giveaways. Here. All right, you see the rally towel at the front. We're going to go ahead and give away one of those. We also got a cold beer hot takes t-shirt somewhere here. We'll show it here on the next segment or so. Both of those things are going to be giveaway. Again, winner will be announced afterwards. All you got to do is comment and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, and if you have not already done so, text 31032, use the code UNLEASHED. You can get up to date on all of the giveaways, all the things that we've got going on from LA Football Network as a whole, and we'll have you guys taken care of. Uh, Mr. Dan Wade, you ready yeah. for cold beer hot takes to commence? Oh, I'm so ready. Okay, so again, cold beer hot takes, new Beer's segment. All we got to do, cold beer means you disagree, hot takes means you agree. We go through rounds of questions slash topics and we get your responses. So, first one, cold beer hot takes, family trust respect. Is that the most important motto for all Chargers fans <laughs> this week? Cold okay. beer hot takes. Director. I, I want to drink, but I agree. <laughs> <laughs> so hot takes is your answer. Hot takes. Hot takes. Hot takes. I love it. We'll all drink to that. Yeah. Okay. Well, this is the other thing about this game is you drink. Either way. Okay. Yeah, great. takes cold beer segment where it's just like you say, know. Say less. Yes, yes, exactly. For folks at home, if you want to drink apple juice or coffee or whatever alcohol, whatever it is you want, hand. feel free to take part. Yes. All, all right, director. I've got one for you. Khalil Please, Mack and Joey Bosa will combine for over 30 sacks this season. Hot takes, cold beer. Ooh. I agree. You know what's crazy is that I have that exact <laughs> no! yes. I have that exact phrase written down in front of me with my notes. I'm going to read it out loud here real quick for you guys. Uh -oh. Uh -oh. Uh, it says, Joey Bosa, Mac combined for over 30 sacks, word for word. You can't make wow. this stuff up. i got to drink to that just being, you know, the, the energies of I the universe. I can just finish this off like of right <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to sit back Wait, and so let you, everybody else you do pretty, You gave an interesting one. look there. Do you? Are you going cold take? I mean, guys, 30 <laughs> sacks is a lot of sacks. That's a lot of sacks. I mean, I think it's been a few years since Quill Mack has gotten double digits, right? I mean, it, Joey Bosa gets capped out at 12 and a half for his career. Now you want both of them to go over thir or, you know, 15 each. That's tough. I, okay, here's a different one. Curveball, director. Hot taker, cool beers. Kyle Van Noy has more sacks this season than Chris Rumpf. Ooh, I like this one. Oh, director, you're on the that hot seat. I'm, I'm going to have to agree with that one I because that. I do think the Chargers, I don't know if they've shown their hand, right, in terms nope. of what they want to do with Kyle Van Noy. So I don't know. I think, I think I'm going to have to go with you on that one. Yes, sir. Whew. All right, so you've got hot takes from him on every single one of these. What can we get him to disagree with? Okay. Uh, <laughs> We're not going to get me to not drink <laughs> I'm beer. waiting for a cold <laughs> beer at some point. point. Yeah. Okay. Justin Herbert is the best quarterback in the AFC West. Hot take, cold mm. beer. You guys have put me on the spot here, man. You're asking a Chargers <laughs> fan about literally the best quarterback in the history of the NFL over their first three years. Yes, I do think Justin Herbert will end the season as the best AFC West, AFC quarterback altogether. You take a look at the situation of every other mm -hmm. quarterback in the AFC West. Sure, it's good. Justin Herbert's is better, and he has proven it by this point. Three years into the season, year four is going to be the one that's the staple, and yeah, this is the dude. Move aside Josh Allen, move aside you know, Patrick Mahomes. It's the Justin Herbert era. I got one for you, Dan. 
Ooh, and, th- and this for me, this, okay. Well, no, just in general. <laughs> just in general. I mean, you have your opinions on this, whoever you are. But this is a specific question for the director, and this may be outlandish considering where this player is coming from, the progression that he's been making. Director Trey Pipkins makes the Pro Bowl this year. Hot takes cold beer. Okay, so this is the part where I it actually like made Dan spit up his beer. That's how outlandish, <laughs> apparently, my my take. Was. I can't wait for this one. Let's I go. I, I, is is the sip meaning I dis I disagree? There it is. That's what it is. Yeah, okay. Cold beer. That's, cold beer. Beer. That's what beers. I was looking for. I was trying to get a cold beer take in there. Somewhere. We're seeing how far his fandom went before we finally <laughs> found the line that he would not. I needed, to, I needed to think of something outlandish just to get you to say cold beer. I think you guys were doing cold it wrong. Cold beer, baby. Cold beer. I think beer. they were doing it wrong. I mean, of course you want to see Trey Pipkins be serviceable, but I think that's, for me, the ceiling for Trey Pipkins. Be serviceable. serviceable. Yes. I just, just don't beat Storm Norton last year, and I, I think we'll be all right. We'll make do. All right, we are talking with a director now. As we come from the break, next guest is going to be Chris Harry from Chargers Weekly. We're going to have a quick commercial break. The director, again, obviously, stay with us. We're going to have a roundtable with everyone. Keep your drinks cool. And we'll be back soon here with more on Chargers Unleashed. We'll be here. Welcome back to Chargers Unleashed. Dan Wolkenstein, Jake Hefner, it's live TV from the LA Football Network. We've talked to the director. We've talked to guilty as charged Tyler Shoon. We've talked to Kevin Duggan from Charger Chat. We've talked to Dan Wade from Locked On Chargers. Let's bring in another one. Very special guest, friend of the show, Chris Harry from Chargers Weekly. He's been kind enough to join us on Chargers Unleashed. Chris Harry, thank you so much for joining us. How are you? How's the fam? What's up, guys? How we doing today? Doing great, man. Doing great. How are you, sir? Listen, no complaints. I got a coffee. It's been a, it's been a long weekend. Uh, one week until it gets real. So yes. trying to gear up, man. Ready to rock. Cold coffee, hot takes. That's, that's a good this segment. late in the afternoon yeah that's a good segment so we're gonna get into all kinds of stuff with you chris obviously so thankful for you to be on the show let's get right into it Chargers have done a ton of stuff this offseason we've seen kind of all of the the transactions and the draft picks and everything else and guys who are and are not on the team anymore from your perspective what was the most important transaction or thing that happened this offseason well i think you just have to collectively put everything they did on defense kind of into one bucket. I mean, because let's be honest, that was the the reason they didn't make the playoffs, special teams and defense. They were 9-8 and eight last year. Um, I, I thought the offense uh, carried the day the entire season, and now you bring in a, a completely – really, it's a revamped defense with Sebastian Joseph Day, Austin Johnson, Khalil Mack. Those are three new starters across the defensive line. J.C. Jackson, um, Troy Reader, some other guys from the Rams, Morgan Fox, guys who are familiar with what Brandon Staley has done in the past at different stops, Bryce Callahan. So um, I think just the the commitment to making sure the defense wasn't what it is or isn't what it was last year, um, if if you're going to make the playoffs, that defense has to be markedly better, and they made big strides to get in that. 
Chris, let's talk about Justin Herbert, because obviously when you look at it in a nutshell, what he has done over his first two years in the NFL is just incredible. But obviously everybody's still just waiting for him to come into that tier to like just get to the playoffs and, and get to that scenario for him to kind of take that next step. But overall, as far as just expectations, when it doesn't seem that it can get any higher, even statistically, than what he's put together in a rookie of the year season, how he followed that up last year. But overall, as far as what you've seen from the team, what you've heard from the coaches, realistic expectations for Justin Herbert. Is it more of the the ship goes as he goes, or are they looking to create a little bit more of a balanced attack for this, this Chargers offense that can carry them into the playoffs? Well, I think a little bit of both. Uh, like, I'm not worried about the offense at all. I, I think Justin, in year two in Joe Lombardi's system, they've been calling it uh, offense 202. So he, he's doing things at this point uh, this year that he wasn't able to do last year. Um, so, I, so I think just the familiarity with the playbook, uh, we know about Keenan and Mike and Austin, but just the emergence of some of these other weapons, like I think Gerald Everett is going to have a really, really good year. I think Joshua Palmer, yeah, I, I think Joshua Palmer is another guy. Like there's, there's only one football, but th there's so many guys who are capable of kind of being the guy on any given Sunday, you know, and I, and I really think that they improved – the running back spot behind Austin. Um, I know Isaiah Spiller a, a little banged up right now, but I, I'm still very high on him. I thought the Sony Michelle signing was important, and I, and I thought what Joshua Kelly did this preseason showed us that he's a different player this year than he was last year. And let's not forget about Zion Johnson. You know, the, the offensive line and I, I, the, the chemistry of those guys, having the continuity from last year, I think that's the name of the game on offense is the continuity. And, and for Justin, I mean – what he did last year was remarkable. I mean, there were games they probably should not have won, uh, but Justin did what he did in the fourth quarter uh, to win those games. So I'm really not worried about him statistically. Even if he took a dip statistically, uh, I could see this team winning 11, 12 games if uh, all three phases do its job. Question for you. We talked about a bunch of different roster positions here on this team. Uh, one that we have not talked about yet that I do want to get your input on is the wide receiving core. We saw DeAndre Carter now kind of splash during training camp. We obviously know about the Mike Williams and Keenan Allens, but like, what do you see with like the emergence of Josh Palmer, Jalen Guyton, obviously in the fold? You mentioned kind of Gerald Everett from a tight end perspective, but like, what should Chargers fans expect to see from this wide receiving core as a whole? And are there going to be something, some things that are new that they have not seen from this wide receiving core in years past? It's just deep, man. Like, it, it is super deep. And it, you could sustain somebody being out for a few weeks. And, and, and I don't think miss much of a beat with Joshua Palmer and, and Jalen Guyton going deep. And, you know, I think the underrated signing this offseason was DeAndre Carter just because of what he can do on special teams as a kick returner and a punt returner, but also as a fifth receiver. He had like three or four touchdowns with Washington last year. Um, on offense. So, and, and it's a guy who Justin was looking to uh, during training camp. And this is the thing about Justin Herbert. He's not locking in on Keenan <laughs> Allen or Mike Williams. If you're open, he will find you. You know, we, we saw it his rookie year with, with T. Billy, for instance, and, and some of these other guys that, that kind of were like, wait, who, who's this guy? Justin found him. Justin's going to find Keenan. He's going to find Mike. He's going to find Joshua. He'll find Jalen Guyton deep if he's open. He'll find Gerald Everett if he's open. He'll find Austin Eckler out of the backfield. He'll find Spiller out of the backfield. Um, Trey McKitty. Listen, and, and, and I say all these things because <laughs> that's what it is. Like he he doesn't he he's not a guy who locks in on your your Pro Bowl and All Pro guys. So uh, I think that's the luxury of of having a quarterback like Justin. It makes your wide receiver group 
look even better than it is. And I think the, the Chargers are pretty darn good. Chris, I want to touch on someone that actually we haven't talked about that much on the show today, and that's Coach Brandon Staley. Now, there's been a lot of criticism on Brandon Staley following the unfortunate loss that kept him out of the playoffs last year with the Raiders. A lot of people still criticizing the whole statistics, going forward on fourth down, and he's kind of just come back over the top and made people realize that there are some games last year that they wouldn't have won if he hadn't been going for it on some of those fourth down situations. So given what he's taken from that scenario, now going into year two as a coach, and even he's kind of touched on it here and there as far as saying, you know, there's a, I feel like I'm much more ahead than I was last year at this point. But as far as what you've seen and what you've gotten an opportunity to talk with him, how is his mindset and, and what's the biggest difference, I guess, that you could say that you have personally seen from him this year as opposed to last year? It's a good question. I haven't really seen much of a difference. I, I think he, he said that he just feels more comfortable being a second-year head coach, having the culture established, um, the expectations are there. Um, you, you look at defense, for instance, everybody that he brought in uh, either fits exactly with what he wants to do or has familiarity with it. You know, whether it's Sebastian Joseph Day or, or Bryce Callahan or Morgan Fox, Troy Reader. So th there's, a, there's a lot of guys who have already played under Coach Staley. As far as the fourth down stuff, listen, they wouldn't have won the Philly game if it wasn't for the fourth down stuff. They wouldn't <laughs> have won the Cleveland game. I, I think you can have a, a, a legitimate conversation about that Thursday night Kansas City game and, and obviously what happened in week 18. But um, I, I just look at it from this perspective, that, that coaching staff in general, if you could be the second best coaching staff in the AFC West, you go into the playoffs. You have to give Andy Reid and company their due. I mean, Andy Reid has been to countless conference championship games and Super Bowls. Um, they have been the team that everybody has been chasing in that division. But with Josh McDaniels coming in and with Nathaniel Hackett coming in, if you could be the second best coaching staff and be trending up, uh, kind of <laughs> nipping at Kansas City, you're in good shape. We will take that. We're talking to Chris Harry from Chargers Weekly. You know what, Jake? I think it's time. Let's bring the whole gang back together. Let's do it. All right, we got Dan Wade from Locked On Chargers. We've got Chris Harry from Chargers Weekly. We've got the director. We've got Tyler Shoon. We've also is. got Kevin from Charger Chat. All right, we're all here together. Hey. The whole family's back together. Here we are. Here we are. Uh, look, this is, what, what did we call it, Jake? The the. Don't don't ask me. No, but, I, I no, come it on. It was time. from the event for the Avengers. We also had the Yoda, the, the Jedi Council. There we go. Yeah, it's live whichever, TV. Whichever group you want to say. There yeah. we go. We got the Jedi Council, if you will. We didn't make the name; they gave it to us. We're all here together. Um, first and foremost, again, thank you all for coming to us and helping us with this episode. Uh, this has been a lot of fun. Uh, we are doing cold beer hot takes or cold coffee hot takes, depending on where you are uh, in the U.S. or globally. Uh, so let's go right into it. So we're going to do a quick little roundtable here as we finish up on this episode. Again, shout out to Final City Entertainment for hosting us. We're going to get into some bold predictions for this Chargers 2022 season while Dan sets up with his I'm microphone. Good. You I'm good. I'm ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> He's just, just fine. So to kick this thing off, let's go to Kevin from Charger Chat Podcast. Bold prediction, Los Angeles Chargers 2022. Go. All right. You got I'm fairly ridiculous with all these, and I'm happy to be that. Um, <laughs> we are we are sweeping the AFC West this year. That's <laughs> all right. It is a clean sweep. Grab your brooms. Let's, let's go. Chris Harry, Chargers Weekly. Bold prediction. Let's hear it. Oh, man. 
I'll say Joey Bosa is defensive player of the year. He, he had seven right. strip sacks last year right. without Ooh. running bait on the other side. You bring Khalil Mack in, Derwin James is healthy. That defense looks like it's coming together. Uh, he's unblockable, and he's a beast in the running game. I think you're going to see Joey Bosa's best year, and he'll be finally kind of be putting that conversation towards the end of the year with T.J. Watts and Aaron Donalds in the world. Dan, I feel like we need to. I, I, I saw Tyler's face. He was itching. Off, he was when, itching. When Kevin said his bold prediction, and he's just kind of like, I feel like he was just taking it back. So I'm like, I need to go to Tyler now. So Tyler, Tyler Shoon from Guiltiest Charge, bold prediction for the 2022 Charger season. Kenneth Murray, comeback player of the year. Whoa! What? Why did that what? meme? <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, it's, it, it was. Dan Wade just turned into Joe Rogan there for a second. I like, was what? <laughs> All right, Dan Wade, live in studio. Let's hear from you. What would be a bold prediction for the 2022 Los Angeles Chargers? I would say, going off of what everyone else has been saying, I think for me it's the Chargers, I believe in their improved front so much, and I think that Khalil Mack in his run defense is such an underrated part of his addition that I think the Chargers will not only not be a bad run defense team, I think the Chargers are going to be a top 10 run defense Oof. unit in 2022. Let's go. I'm drinking about that, that one. Let's go. That's a hot take for sure. All right, the director. Speaking of drinks, let's go. Let's stay stay frosty. frosty. The man himself, the director. Cold beer, hot takes, whatever you want to call it. Bold prediction. 2022 We talked Los plenty about the defense, right? I'm super excited about the defense. Of course, Joy Buzz, Khalil Mack going to be exciting. But I think there was one man who's settling very comfortably into a new position of X receiver. I'm going to say Mike Williams takes the next leap, finishing as a top five wide receiver in the NFL this season. 1,400 yards, 12 touchdowns. Woo! There's my hot take. Ooh. Love it. It is hot in here. Yes. Ooh. Feeling a little sweat. Spicy. Feeling a Man, okay. <laughs> Flamethrowers all across... <laughs> Okay, so we talked about giveaways. Here's the hot takes cold beer shirt. We already have fourth and daily hat. Jake, we have one more giveaway you want to announce. Yes, want to remind everybody, we are currently doing a Keenan Allen signed jersey giveaway. All you have to do is make sure you're subscribing to Chargers Unleashed. You'll be automatically entered in the giveaway, and then we'll be announcing that winner shortly after the podcast is done. Yes, we'll be announcing. I think we're announcing day of week one versus Las Vegas Raiders. Okay, perfect. Okay, last question as we get everybody out of here again. Brady Bunch. The Avengers, whatever you want to call us, or Three Stooges, Seven Stooges, doesn't matter. Uh, Chargers record, where do you want to go? Predictions, just Here overall. <laughs> how are we feeling about the Chargers team? So we're looking at season predictions for this Los Angeles Chargers. We're putting everybody on the hot seat here. It is cold beer hot takes. We've got to do it. So let's start with the director himself. How are the Chargers going to end this season? Well, I always like to tell people I think the Chargers, at least right now, have a floor of, let's say, 11 and 6. Maybe a ceiling of 14. What would that be in 3? I'm sorry, the the the, the coffee stout starting to hit, everybody. Uh, I would 14 say, and 3. There we go. We can do math. I would say that I feel very comfortable with the number of 13 and 4. I think that's where I'm at right now. I feel really good about it. And I would say they go 5 and 1 versus the AFC West. He's still on the, the cold beer hot Gotta sweep it, man. <laughs> he's, he's taking it. He's taking it. <laughs> he's doing hot takes. Tyler, Tyler, let's hear about you. What do you think? What's going to be their year of the Los Angeles Chargers 2022? Well, I've been a Chargers fan long enough to know their floor is 0-17. <laughs> um, but I do think that they will realistically and have a shot at being 12-5 and this year, and we'll make it to the AFC Championship game. We'll make it to the AFC Championship game. That's a, that's in, your, in your scenario, who are they playing in the AFC Championship game? Bills. 
and they will Ooh. lose. How fun would that be? Oh <laughs> That'd be wild. And the Chargers oh, will lose? Whoa. And the Chargers will lose? Oh, no. <laughs> okay. All right. Mr. Chris Harry, Chargers Weekly. What do you think? I mean, you've seen this team. You've covered them for a while. 2022 Los yeah. Angeles Chargers looks very different. What do you predict I we're going to see this it. year? Yeah. I hate them. You're, you're like me, Chris. Wrong, I hate them. <laughs> We're all gonna be wrong. Check the tape. We'll all be wrong. I, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say 11 and six is is a good number. Uh, the the competitiveness in the AFC in general, it's a beast, man. I I think there's like 13 of 16 teams in the conference that have a legit shot to get one of those seven spots. Um, and it doesn't get easy first two weeks against the Raiders and Chiefs. I say 11 and six. Um, and I could see them in the divisional or the championship round. I think that'd be a, a really good year for Stanley Company. Love it. Kevin, what about you? I got to go 15 and 2. That's just an <laughs> Let's um, go. 15 and 2 feels pretty good. That equals 17, right? Yeah, I think I did my yeah. Yes. So 15 and 2. Um, I. I say this every year because I go, as a Charger fan, I go in every year. My team's going to the Super Bowl. So 15 and 2, and we're going to make the show. That's just how I feel every year. Until proven otherwise, I'm going to stay excited and pumped about this football team. And you have positive. a beautiful view on life. I appreciate that. <laughs> Everything's so rosy in that world. It's mainly just Chargers. Chargers is where this kind of lives. Everyone, there's some other things that, yeah, not, not as Wrapping up with everyone about. on Chargers fandom, everyone covering the Chargers as a podcast in terms of people who we know and we're friends with. Uh, Dan Wade, for you. 2022 season ends as such. I mean, I just... Kevin, you're just leaving yourself so much out there, man. It's just, it's going to be so tough to live up to those lofty expectations. Now, I mean, I, I think as far as like the Chargers team as a whole, I think the Justin Herbert, is he winning enough conversation will be done after this year. I think that the Brandon Staley hot seat conversation will be done after this year. I think the Chargers, I think 12 and 5 wins the division in this one. And I think it's 11 and 6. 12 and 5. That's right around where I'd be going because it's attrition, man. It's just, this is such a loaded AFC. Like, I don't remember the last time the AFC has been so loaded. And, like, the playoff spots are going to be so hard to come by. I think the Chargers have a legitimate chance to win the season. I honestly think it's kind of AFC championship game or bust with what this core is because I think on paper, on paper, they are the team that you, you needs to go for and needs to make a deep playoff run with the pieces they have in place. Like, I think a deep playoff run, anything less than that is a disappointment for this team. I think the coaches would tell you that. I think the players would tell you that in an honest moment. They have the pieces to go do it right now. I think anything less than, you know, a double-digit win season, 11-6, and 12-5, a playoff win and a couple, or, you know, playoff trip and a couple of playoff wins. I think anything less than that's a disappointment, and they absolutely should be able to do it. We are wrapping up Mega Crossover Episode 2. We got Chargers Weekly, Guilty as Charged, Charger Chat, Locked on Chargers, Chargers Unleashed, all with you guys. Again, shout out to Fine City Entertainment. We're going to go rapid fire for this last one as we kind of close this thing out. Got to get hyped. Chargers versus Raiders. Week 1, <laughs> my beer is almost gone. Things that we're most excited for, rapid fire. Just go real quick, 5, 10 seconds each. Chris Harry, let's start with you. Things you're most looking forward to this season for this Chargers team. Raiders or just the season? Let's go the Raiders whole season. Let's go the whole season. Whole season. Oh, man. I mean, everything. I mean, I, I'm looking forward to seeing Derwin James wearing number three and, <laughs> and being Derwin James from 2018, first-team All-Pro. So uh, I think Derwin uh, setting the tone and being, being the dude this year. 
the director. Let's hear from you. you Got to get hyped. Come on, you're a hype guy. Let's go. Oh, okay, okay, all right. Here's the hype. Here's the hype. Here's the hype. Every once in a while, you see an era where the pa the torch is being passed. Right. Last season, we saw it. New England out. Buffalo Bills in. I think this is the era of the Chargers. The torch is being passed, or at least forcibly taken from the Chiefs. I think the Chargers have a great shot at taking the West this season. I'm excited for the Chargers to finally, finally be the kings of the AFC West. Tyler Shoon, guilty as charged. What are you most looking forward to this season? Justin Herbert winning the MVP. There it is. Woo! There's a hot take. There Let's is. go. Kevin, Charger <laughs> Chat Podcast. What are you most looking forward to? I'm going to go week by week, as most players say in these kind of interview situations. <laughs> week by week, week one, seeing all you guys in Thunder, Thunder Alley, getting around my family again, celebrating our team back on the field. And watching, you know, Derek Carr be on the grass all day. Uh, week one. That's what <laughs> I'm looking forward to right now. Dan Wade, what about you? I mean, I think I'm most looking forward to the potential of the Chargers bucking the narratives that have always surrounded them. I, I think that's the thing that I'm most excited about is to hopefully shut those people up, like, and shut those narratives up and do, you know, maybe quiet the demons that whisper in every Chargers fan's ears in the fourth quarter when they're up by two touchdowns, right? And I think the way you do that <laughs> is by closing out games. So I think I'm most looking forward to watching the Chargers' new closers go to work. Guys like J.C. Jackson, guys like Khalil Mack, how those guys are going to help guys like Derwin James and Nazir Adderley close out games. I'm looking forward to Nazir Adderley. I don't know if he's gotten a yes. mention. That's a dude I'm super high on, but I think I'm looking forward to the most. Another chance for the Chargers. This is their best chance. This is their most complete team. The foundation is there. It's not just a top-heavy team as it was probably in a lot of other seasons where they're the dark horse kind of a team. They have the foundation built this year. They have the depth to withstand some attrition. I'm looking forward to them hopefully bucking those trends that have followed them for way too long. It's not just on paper anymore. Please. Let's go out there and see it, the actual products. Let's go see them actually make the playoffs and make a deep run. Let's do it. Jake, what about you? It's kind of along the lines of what Dan was just saying as far as the closer aspect. I mean, for me, Dan's expectations is you want, to see the Chargers play, you want to see the Chargers playing uh, playoff football in January, obviously. That's first and foremost. Let's get there. Yeah. Let's get past these divisional games. As Dan said, let's buck the narratives that Justin Herbert can't win a, a big game or finish a regular season in order to take him into the playoffs. So let's get there. And aside from that, it's just you look to the big additions that the Chargers have made. Dan touched on a lot of them just now. But just overall, offensively and defensively, there's a lot of potential for these guys to contribute immensely to this team 100 honestly for me i don't think we really talked about it. you talked about it a little bit i'm excited to see finally finally see a brandon staley defense with the pieces that he has been needing we've seen so much talk scrutiny about how the defense performed last year with some guys who were either injured or just not up to par with some of the talent we have now he's got all his guys there is zero excuse for him to perform and for the team to perform so i'm looking forward to just seeing brandon staley's defense and how much hype that his defensive mind has gotten actually go to work with the stars that are now on this team. So that's what I'm most looking forward to. Other than the fact we have all of these guys here in color talking all things Chargers football, mega crossover, episode two, Chris Harry, the director, Tyler Shoon, Kevin Duggan, Dan Wade, Jake Hefner, Dan Wolkenstein. I think you're the only one that actually got the beer done, which I'm yes, thoroughly impressed. Finish your beers, please. <laughs> what are we doing? Yes, like, guys, we'll thank you so well. much for tuning in. For folks who are watching, please leave a comment, subscribe, hit that follow. Chris, director, Tyler, Kevin, Dan, thank you guys so much for tuning in, for joining us, obviously. And we'll talk to you next time as we go into week one versus the Raiders. Chargers football is back. Let's go. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you soon on the next Chargers Unleashed.
Hey, Frosty. <laughs> I love you, bye. Hi, Mom.